Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Pixie Dust podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Today we are discussing first-timer questions for your Disney World planning session. And the proper way to do this is to welcome you in with my co-host, Erica Murphy, who is an official Disney planner. Uh, my name is Annie Fry, and we're so glad that you're here. Erica, thank you for joining me again to talk about some of these questions that first-timers ask regularly. I bet you there's a bit of a consistency from person to person when they come to you, but the it's a lot to undertake if you don't know anything about Disney World. So you're the person who I always recommend people go see. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, you know, I've said this before, but I could talk about Disney all day long. So uh, Disney adults just do things differently. And that's me. <laughs> and that is you. <laughs> and that is me. So the first question that uh, we've kind of pre-gamed a little bit of this so that we can get some of those questions asked that she sees regularly or hears regularly. And one of the ones that I hear also is when's the best time to go? People are thinking it's not so much like, I want to go on vacation in June. Is that an okay time to go to Disney? It might be people who are like, I know that I want to take my family to Disney World. What is the best time of the year to lay that kind of a vacation in? Erica, yeah. what do you think about that? So I always have my elevator pitch answer that I give every single person that asks this in that uh, when is the best time to go is any time that you're able to go. So if you are able to go in the summer, then go in the summer. If you're able to go over holidays, go over holidays because the magic will be there no matter when you go, if that's the only time you're able to go. So that is kind of my standard, um, you know, if if you are thinking about a particular time, uh, you can only go in July because the kids are off school or whatever that may be, you know, we'll still be able to plan an incredible vacation for you no matter what time of the year it is. That's a, such an important thing for people to understand because you're a Disney planner and people can reach out to you. What's the email address real quick while we yeah. talk about this? Erica, E-R-I-K-A, at magicexpeditions.com. So when people talk to you, you're going to be able to give them the factual information and the, you know, whatever the circumstances are, she can work with you to help you get that, that planned. But there are also going to be a lot of people who have experience going to Disney World, and a lot of times those experiences are anecdotal. That doesn't mean that their response to those questions is going to be false. But for my family, for instance, it's not just about uh, the fact that the kids are out of school during the summer, but my husband is a public school teacher. So I can only go 
when he is available to go. And I will tell you that all of the times that we have taken those trips that are considered to be more high traffic because school happens to be out, they've been amazing. And it mm -hmm. keeps me going back again and again. There are things that are put into place to help you navigate more high traffic or maybe less than ideal weather situations is it's central florida so yeah. it is what it is it's gonna rain for an hour yeah and <laughs> maybe and 10 so, minutes and you know so you, you will have <clears throat> some of those challenges that face you but erica when people come to you and maybe they say we can go whenever what are some mm -hmm. of the reasons why maybe you would go one time over a different time so i really talk this is i'm gonna be so political on this I'm give every political response uh I, it really varies per family. So really getting an idea of what the family is like and what is most important to them is going to be when I'm going to suggest the best time to go. So, um, you know, if you're a little bit more flexible and you maybe are wanting to go at the quote unquote unpeak time, and and I hate saying unpeak time because <laughs> I don't want people to think that, oh, we're just going to go and, and walk right on rides. That's not uh, how Disney works. Even off peak times, there's still going to be crowds because it's Disney and it's always going to have people there. Yeah. So even in the off peak time, so to speak, um, you know, it's still going to be crowded. But you know, there's nothing more magical than Disney at Christmas time and over the holidays. And it's one of my absolute favorite times to go, but it's also some of the busiest times to go. So if you're a first timer, I might not suggest going over, you know, Christmas or New Year's or even Thanksgiving because it's typically the busiest time of the year where the parks will reach capacity and they have to turn people away. So, um, you know, there's, there's a sweet spot that is like, January to February, you know, before President's Day, um, you know, which is a really good time to go. The weather's really nice. It's still kind of chilly, not too hot. The crowds aren't crazy out of control. Uh, that's typically a really good time to go or anytime that schools are not uh, out. So anytime that schools are in session, it's going to be another really good time to go. Yeah. And, and another reason why I would advocate always working with a Disney planner, and of course, I recommend Erica Murphy. I think that knowing some of the more like Disney has marathons, Disney mm -hmm. has yeah. different events that get placed throughout the year where you can think you're going in an off peak time. But for some reason, there's this thing at the you know first weekend or second weekend or whatever it is in January. And it's jam packed and you didn't really know that. How would you know to know that? Yeah. So working with someone like Erica really helps with that. I'll say my experience of going, our family's time to travel together along with, we usually bring my parents along and maybe my, uh, somebody else in my family, like my, my sister and her family, my brother and his family, um, is we generally go at the second half of July into the first week of August. Now that's hot in Florida. Mm -hmm. It is a hot yeah. time to be there. I'm from the Midwest and we have that hot, hot, humid weather here. I'm pretty used to it. I could see how somebody in a drier climate and further North would maybe find that untenable, but we go and we have a great time. Like any, a bad day at Disney world is better than yeah. any other day anywhere Absolutely. else. So it's still, you know, you still make the most of it and, and then planning out accordingly and just knowing your limits and and being able to anticipate weather and, and, and plan yeah. for it and pack for it. That's that's key. But th it truly is. If you can if you can make it a time, if you're looking to go when the crowds are less, if you can go 
when school is in session, that's that's a really great way to plan, I think. Yeah. And I really look forward to our second uh, packing episode because it's such a, a great episode here on the yeah. podcast. But it's funny that you mentioned that because I've been I've been going to Disney since I was a kid. I you know I think I've mentioned that. But um, even as an adult, we've gone many times over the years. And I, I think back about the last time we went and it was in December and I thought it was going to be cold because it's, you know, a little more chilly there. So I packed hoodies and sweatshirts and cute little leggings and, you know, I thought I was going to be all bundled up <laughs> and I was a sweaty mess by like yeah. two o'clock because it's hot. It's Florida. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's December. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned the weather and packing because even people that go all the time, like it's it's unpredictable. So mm-hmm. even 60 degrees in Florida can still be a lot different than 60 degrees in the Midwest. So yeah. We went in the very end of January 2022. Uh, my husband and I brought our baby and met his brother and his wife and their baby. And we all packed in one room. It was four adults and two babies in a studio at the Riviera Resort for a long weekend. And it was 30 degrees one yeah. of the days that we were there. Like I have a picture of my my little baby, Molly, like in this snowsuit bundled up on the skyliner and i remember being on the skyliner looking at her thinking i can't even imagine this in june where we are like wearing minimal clothing (laughs) and dripping with sweat and she's in this little bundled up thing so you 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 can plan for everything and then you're probably going to go to the the souvenir shop and maybe make a purchase or two to adjust um, but all of those different types of elements can add to the magic based on when you go and how you mm-hmm. go. And uh, I, I, I love to go the end of January. It is yeah. one of my favorite times to go. We weren't able to do it this year because of kids' sports schedules. But uh, I'm going to kind of prioritize planning that trip ahead a little bit more than I did this past year because I think that's a great time to go. Yeah. Here's another question, Erica. Um, speaking of, you know, when is the best time to go? How long should my perfect vacation be? So we're kind of in the world of first timers right now. Mm-hmm. If somebody is coming to you and, you know, they have the budget to be able to, they want, this is kind of the way my husband and I tackled our very first trip as a family. You said you've been going to Disney World your whole life. I have not. Uh, 2018, circumstances and uh, jobs and everything lined up for us to be able to take our family on a first vacation. And we said, okay, let's do the Disney World thing and get it out of the way. And it started with, let's just do two days at Disney World and then we'll go to the beach and we'll just be able to say that we did the Disney World thing. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it turned into, I think, five nights, six days. And we were like, when do we get DVC. to come back? <laughs> yeah, now I'm a DVC member. So I got hooked. I got the scent of the magic and I needed more. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a first timer, you know, I'm not talking about like spending like every single penny that you have. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what is an appropriate length to really get the full exposure to Disney World uh, for that long vacation, longer vacation? I usually suggest five days, four nights at a minimum, uh, because there's four parks. So in order to see all four parks, uh, one day at each. And and I always give the caveat that you need to know when you go into these vacations that you're not going to be able to see everything. So we prioritize the most important things to see at each one of the parks and spending one day at each of the parks is a really good overview for a first timer. And then just to get a little taste of the magic to want to come back. So um, I usually suggest getting an early flight 
on your first day. Uh, the good thing about Disney is once you get to the park, they've already checked you in. And even if your room is not ready, you can leave your bags at the bellhop and go right to the park. So you can very easily go to a park on the first day of arrival and then spend one day at each of the parks. And I personally don't like to go to a park on the day that I leave just because, you know, it's a long, it's a long day. So I like to just kind of pack up and go. So I suggest five days with knowing that no park on the last day in, in four nights will give you a really good overview for a first time in Disney. Yeah. I, I think that we did when we did that six nights, five days, uh, I think we didn't have, I think we had five days of going to the parks and mm -hmm. I don't know if we park hopped that first time, but if you're, you know, we're going to get to some budget questions here in a minute, but park hopping is a way that you can spend some money to do more things in one day, mm -hmm. but we can talk about the merits, especially for a first timer of leaving that park hopper uh, thing off. In my opinion, how long should my perfect vacation be? I would say that four nights, five days is the minimum that yeah. I would say if you can make it go five nights or even a full week, six nights and seven days, mm -hmm. the, it, it really, really matters too on your party. And yeah. if you've got a large party, if you have young children, or if you have older adults who are going to want to participate but aren't going, you know, if you have grandparents and toddlers going, they're both going to be at a different speed than if it's you and your best friend or your significant other or whatever. You're going to be able to get a lot more done in a lot less time. So if if you want to kind of split the difference between how Eric and I have joked before about how we do Disney World, which is Erica is like, I'm on vacation, give me my cocktail, I want to enjoy the pool, exactly. and, you know, take in all the nostalgia, and I'm like, how much can we get done in that possible amount of time? What's the most efficient way that we can do it? I sound like a nightmare to vacation with, but I have learned to plan in and, and factor in relaxation. That's why I'm saying if you can stretch it, if you can afford it, to stretch it out to six nights and yeah. seven days, then you can do, you know, maybe two non-park days in those seven days. And there are plenty of things, and we should do an episode on this, like what can I do on my non-park days? Oh, yeah. Like uh, going to the Hoopty Doo Review. I highly recommend doing that. It's a mm -hmm. dinner show, and it's an evening, and it can be paired with – a Disney Springs day or golf or a pool day or a sleep in day and mm -hmm. an early dinner. I've done that myself with my family. Um, I, I would say if we're not, if we're not factoring in, like I'm trying to keep this on a very specific budget, I would always say, try to add the night to, to add one more day before I would plus up in other places mm -hmm. if it's your first time because you're going to give yourself that opportunity to breathe and enjoy yeah. that vacation instead of just like white knuckle yeah. crazy. So, but yeah. four nights, like you said, four nights, five days is sufficient. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the extension of it that I'm saying is more so that as if your mom or dad, which is where I'm looking at it from, it just gives you a little bit more time for you mm -hmm. as opposed to you know, let's roll kind of, kind of an attitude. <laughs> um, so let's shift into that real quick here. And uh, the next question is, can I do Disney world on a budget? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can kind of, we haven't, we haven't put together numbers. It's going to be different for, there are so many factors that, that change what Disney world can cost. But if people, you know, if you've got your average earning middle-class family of four that wants to go to Disney world, you know, the, the sky's the limit on how much you can spend, Erica, of course, but yeah. can, you, can you go in with a set amount of money, Erica, if someone says, listen, I've got 
$2,500 that mm-hmm. I can spend. You know, maybe it's even less than that. Can you work with something like that to still put together a really enjoyable vacation? Absolutely. And I've had people that have even gone several times before uh, that was like, okay, I have this amount of money. These are my dates, you know, time frame. Can you make it work? And I put my Mickey ears on and drink out of my pixie dust cup and <laughs> get to work. Uh, because, you know, the the tickets vary based on the dates. The rooms varies based on the dates, you know, so kind of plugging and playing and seeing what I could do to meet those specific budgets is something that we, we do frequently. And uh, it's funny, I had a, a listener message me last week and was like, we have this amount of money, for four, you know, there's four people, two kids, two adults, you know, can this even happen? And not only could it happen, but we were under their budget. So mm. Disney has different categories of resorts that you could stay at. And so, um, you know, we've, we've talked about this in past episodes, but just because you stay at a value resort doesn't mean that it's going to be like a motel or the quality is any less. The quality is going to be just the same no matter where you stay versus yeah. deluxe. It's just going to be a bigger property. It might not have a sit down restaurant. And for a first timer, things like that don't really matter. So um, there's nothing better than going back to somebody and being like, not only did I fit your budget, but I saved you $800 and you can use that towards airfare or food or souvenirs. So um, budgeting an extra day or an extra day. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's definitely something that can be done. And I'd say nine out of 10 times when I plan vacations for people, they're like surprised that it's less than what they assumed. And maybe that makes me a bad agent that I'm really bad at sales. Uh, but for me, you know, it's all, it's all part of the magic. You know, if I can help save you some money, then that, then I've done my job. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing too, and, and a, another moment for me to advocate for Erica, who I've used myself mm-hmm. um, to help me or to help family members, people who are going on trips with me, she's helped help us with accommodations and with tickets and all of that. Uh, the thing that is so great about using, um, what what is your official, like how, what does Disney call you? So we are a travel agent that specializes in Disney. So that's the other thing that I can book anywhere. So if you want to go even someplace non-Disney, you know, we're certified travel agents, but we just specialize in Disney because there's so many different things that go into planning a Disney vacation that is different than going to like an all-inclusive in Cabo. So, um, you know, they, they give us these tools that we have. It's called the College of Knowledge that we have to complete every year that has an in-depth uh, training of everything that's new and different. They constantly send us updates and emails. So, you know, as things change, we're on top of it. And and we don't expect, you know, the first timer to know how to get into a virtual queue for <laughs> Tron that's opening. So they train us to do that. And that's why we specialize in Disney, but we're, so we're travel agents. If people want to call, contact you again, it's yeah. the address. Erica, E-R-I-K-A. My mom had to be different. So it's Erica with a K uh, at magicexpeditions.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast so you can email her with any questions that you have no obligations Mm -hmm. whatsoever if you email and just start that conversation with erica but the key thing and i'll kind of use this as a segue into the next question is are there any promos this is where you have such an advantage using a disney travel agent to book this trip because when promos happen like if you reach out to erica right now and say you know i want to go on a vacation love to save much money as i possibly can she's going to tell you what time of year or when it is at your advantage to Mm -hmm. go to save the most money but also erica as these promos pop up if somebody hasn't gotten a promo or had a lesser promo when they Mm -hmm. booked how do you help them save that money along the way when you were tipped off really like ahead of time yeah. to some of these things that are coming down from Disney? Yeah. So we know first thing in the morning when these come out, typically before any marketing has even hit the general public. So if you have a trip that's already planned and on the books with me, as soon as I get that promotion, I'm going to look through my reservations and see what would be applicable. And I'm just going to automatically apply it before you're probably even awake. So I am grabbing those promotions and securing that room for you if it falls in your dates before you even know about it. And then I get to send the best email in the world, which is just, you know, I saved you X amount of dollars, you know, let's tack on another day or let's, you know, what do you, what do we want to do? Um, it's the best because, you know, you set aside these budgets and then you can use that for other things. For so. sure. Yeah, I've been a part, you you planned that one trip for us mm-hmm. and I there yeah. was a free dining that popped up and this is pre-COVID and we're still waiting to hear um, at least as of February 2023 when and how dining, the dining plan is going to come back. 
in at least in the capacity that it used to be for it to return but we booked a trip with you and you booked the dining plan for us Mm -hmm. and I, i don't know if there was like a discount on it when we booked it but then free dining came out and I mean, it saved us. It, I think it almost saved us four figures worth of money yeah. uh, in the end. It was amazing. And that yeah. was a really exciting email to get. Um, so you have the ability to save money for yeah. your clients that way. What does it cost, Erica, for people to work with you? Like, how do, how do you make your money and how does that all function? Yeah, I mean, it costs my friendship because I'm going to be friends with you for the rest of your life. So yeah. be prepared. That's a small price to pay. <laughs> you're stuck with me. Uh, but no, I mean, seriously, there's there's no, it's free for you to use us. So we're paid directly by Disney. And they put that in place because they want you to book with a travel agent because they want you to have the best experience. So yeah. they arm us with all the knowledge and training that we have so that we can essentially make you have the best vacation because they don't want people showing up and not having a park reservation and be like, oh my gosh. And then that's how they're starting their trip out. Whereas when you work with an agent, we help all of that. Okay, we need to get your park reservations. How do you want to do dinner? How do you want to do, um, you know, maximizing your your Genie Plus selections? Like we help navigate all of that. And that's what they want so that you have a relaxing vacation. So we're paid directly by Disney and it is no cost to you. You don't yeah. even see that. It's all on the back end. So I always like to say that not only does it not cost you money to work with an, a travel agent who is recognized by Disney, but it's going to save you money. If, yeah. if there is money to be saved, they're going to be able to do it. So uh, you can contact Erica by uh, reaching out to her here. I'll put the email address also in the description of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about what the best time to go is. We've talked about how long you should go. We've talked about uh, if you can go on a budget. And again, using Erica is the best way to help fit that budget. And mm-hmm. you'll be surprised at what kind of vacation you can have. I think there's a lot of people talking about how expensive it is. Yeah. It is not cheap. I will tell you that. <laughs> it is definitely something you want to plan out so that you have time to save up for. But you, you can afford a lot more than you probably think that you can. Um, but here's another question that a lot of people ask. You talked yeah. about value resorts. Um, should I stay on property or off property? What does that question mean, Erica? And what are your what's your response to that? So I kind of go back to my first response when this all started is that, you know, any way that you can do Disney, I say, let's do Disney. So if it is the only way that you can go is to stay in your mom's timeshare, that is, you know, 45 minutes away, and that's the only way you're going to be able to go to the park, then I say, let's do it. And let's figure out a way for you to go and use that timeshare. However, if you do have the flexibility and the budget, I am a huge advocate for staying on property for for several reasons. And most importantly is uh, the convenience of it. And, you know, we talk about budget, we talk about money savings, and the reality of it is these trips are very, very expensive. And when you come down to it, how much is your time worth? So do you want to spend 45 minutes in the car going back to your room in the middle of the afternoon? Or do you want to spend 15 minutes on a gondola to jump back over to Pop Century and take a nap and, you know, spend your day that way? So the rooms are typically comparable when you're looking on and off property, unless you have somebody with a timeshare or points or something like that. Uh, But if you're just looking, you know, apples to apples, 
staying on property is very comparable to staying off property. And then you get all the perks. You get the free parking. You get the transportation to all the places. And something that I don't think people put enough emphasis on is the ability to book things. So when you have staying on property, you get to book 60 days in advance for your entire stay. So if you're staying 10 days, you get to book your dining for those 10 days, where somebody who stays off property can only book day by day. And if you want something like a house, if, if you're off property, how soon can they book? They can still book at the 60 days, but rather than booking for the entire trip, like you can, if you stay on property, you can only book day by day by day. So you call, if you're on property 60 days out from your check-in day, correct. You can book every day of your vacation. Mm -hmm. If you stay off property, you just book 60 days out. Correct. That's it for every day yep. that you're going to be there. And that yep. makes a big difference. It does, especially for, you know, I mean, if you want to get space or someplace that's really sought after, even if you're staying on property, more than likely you're not going to get it on the first or second day of arrival. I always suggest putting it more towards the end because it gives you a better chance to snag those reservations. And again, I'm, I'm saying all of this with you know, if this is the only way that you're able to go, you know, you're still going to have a great time, even if you don't get that space reservation and stuff does open up all the time. But this just kind of gives you that leg up on everybody else when you can book ahead of time and book for your whole stay and just have that first dibs on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great way to get some of those extra perks. And mm -hmm. depending on where you stay, you also get access to the parks, at least yeah. right now as of February 2023. Um, if you're on property, as I understand it, Erica, 30 minutes early entry mm -hmm. before, if you stay at a deluxe resort, there are specific nights for, is it, is it every park or is it every park, but animal kingdom, I think. Yeah. And it varies. And I'm sure by the time this airs, it'll be totally different again. So they're only <laughs> everything is subject to yeah. change, <laughs> but you do get the, I, as, as a DVC member, which is the Disney vacation club, which is different than what Erica is talking about. When you book with her, it's just like a whole separate entity, mm -hmm. but those resorts, you can stay at the DVC resorts and you can book those through Erica. So she can mm -hmm. help you get into those resorts. If you're not interested in, per in participating in Disney's version of a timeshare, but you get, it's like an extra hour. Is it, mm -hmm. I think right now, is it an hour, hour and a half? I don't remember what the time is. It's on. an hour. And it, I mean, I tell you, it does make a difference. It oh really my does. Gosh. Like you can, you can do so much yeah. in the parks and parks at night are different than parks during the day. It's just that yeah. you could almost like experience the same park twice in the day, during yeah. the day and at night. And it's almost like two completely different experiences. But the, the, if you're looking for low traffic, times where there aren't people you're not waiting in long lines you can get so much done especially in those deluxe resort hours after the park closes so it's a perk but like you said if if you're hearing that and you're like well that sounds great but i can't afford to stay at a deluxe resort i certainly yeah. couldn't afford to stay outside of dvc being a whole different entity I mean, they're, they're pricey, but they're pricey for a reason. And yeah. one of the other things about should I stay on property or off, if you have the means to do it, the one I would say that going from value to deluxe, Eric already hit on this, and it's really important. The quality is there for all of yeah. the entities. You're going to get Disney-level quality no matter where you stay, and that's very important for people to understand why go deluxe? Well, first of all, they're beautiful. They have amazing pools and amazing amenities on the resorts. But the to me, the biggest advantage um, outside of rooms that are 
a little bit bigger is just proximity to the park. So if you yeah. stay at the if you stay at the contemporary resort, you're going to walk to Magic Kingdom. That's mm -hmm. an amazing thing to experience. If you're yeah. staying at Boardwalk or Beach Club um, or Yacht Club, you are walking to Epcot or to Hollywood Studios or taking a boat right there. And it's mm -hmm. just you, you get to eliminate some of that travel time. And like you said, how valuable is your time? Mm -hmm. Time is money. And that is very evident when you're booking a Disney World vacation. And you're always going to be making choices. Like, you know what? Yeah. I'd rather spend the time than the money on this experience. But over here, you know, here's my 15 bucks. I'm going to pay for Genie Plus for myself yeah. today to skip some of the lines. Like, you, you're going to constantly be making those choices. Hopefully, listening to the Pixie Dust podcast and working with Erica helps you feel like when you go through and you make those choices, you're making them with some confidence. Yeah. So uh, the last question that I have uh, for us today is, do I really need to go to all four parks? Erica, you know, people, we've talked about length of stay. We've talked about where people are staying and, um, you know, the best time of the year to go. All four parks, you've got a lot of people will say that are first timers might think that Magic Kingdom is Disney World. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than Magic Kingdom. Yeah. What do you say to people when they say, do I really need to go to all four parks? Yeah. And again, depending on are they traveling with kids? Have they been before? Um, you know, for the, the very first vacation, I always say go to all four parks so that you can get a taste of them because every park is going to be different for everybody for different reasons. And I could sit here and give you my favorite reasons about each one of the parks. And it's going to be very different than yours, Annie's and yeah. people that go for the very first time. So that's why I'm such an advocate for visiting all four parks yourself rather than going, you know, I'm part of every, well, not every, but a lot of Disney <laughs> Facebook groups. <laughs> And there's a lot of opinions. Us Disney a people lot of opinions. love, I mean, hello, we have a podcast. We like to, <laughs> we like to talk about Disney Yeah, uh, and we will tell you what we think about it. Um, but that's why I always say like, I will give you my opinion, but it's so important for you to develop your own opinions. Um, I, I think about my husband when I went for the first time with him and he was not a Disney person. So he claims, he says he went for me, even though he booked the next trip by himself, but I digress. Um, his favorite park is animal kingdom. And oh, really? I would have, I would have said a million times that that's the park he's going to like the least because it has the least amount of stuff, but that's why he likes it because it's chill and we can have a cocktail and walk around. Do you see why we're married? We're very similar. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, and that ended up being his favorite park. And I would have never thought that. So, you know, and that's why I say, just visit every single park, get your opinion, you know, and then maybe next time, if you think I'll skip, heaven forbid, Epcot, which is my favorite part, okay. uh, you know, then, then you skip it. But at least then, you know, and it's, there's so much to do there. You're not even going to tip the iceberg just being yeah. there for one day. So just go, you know, see what it's about and, and go from there. I think it's you are saying something here that I want to highlight on a really, really broad level, which is the opinions that are out <laughs> there about Disney World are very anecdotal. They are valid because they are the opinions of the people and how they experienced it. But I've, you know, I watch um, Disney Food Blog if you're looking for mm -hmm. YouTube channels that you want to follow and kind of study up for your vacation. I think they do. AJ does a fantastic job there. I've been watching her since 
the uh, 2018 trip is when I found her, and it was before we went to that, and I've been watching her ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very consistent in saying that the only thing consistent about Disney dining is its inconsistency. So you, <laughs> you get to a place, and, and maybe you have an, a bad experience at one restaurant, and you go back, and all of a sudden you're like, this is my favorite place to eat. I don't eat, did it, you know, was the last time a bad experience, or is this just a super good experience? And I have, I can't think of a single time where I've ever had what I would refer to as a negative experience, but I have gone to several Disney World restaurants multiple times. And sometimes it seems like it's a little bit better than another time. And, you know, if I were to take any one of those individual experiences and share my experience that way, I wouldn't want to overly influence somebody else who was like, oh, I really want to go try out such and such restaurant yeah. and and you know dissuade them from doing that because i had one negative experience yeah so you know when we share our opinions on the pixie Dust podcast they are anecdotal um but i would always encourage you to to if if you've got you know a, a best friend or an aunt or somebody who's been going to disney world forever and they've got really really set in stone opinions they are valid yeah take it in the context but if you feel like there's something you really want to do or try by all means do it or try it. Uh, so yeah. So do you need to go to all four parks? I agree with Erica. You do need to experience them yourself. I had, uh, somebody tell me like, I just don't get Epcot. I don't understand the appeal of Epcot. And if my husband and I go without our kids, we could just like stay in Epcot the whole time and, and enjoy it and like ride the rides and walk around the world showcase. We'll go to magic around the world. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Enough said. Yeah. Have (laughs) cultural experiences with a beverage or two um, from country to country. (laughs) And it's just, it's one of the reasons why we really like to do that when it's just the two of us is because we can't really do that when the whole family is there because the the pace is casual. It's a stroll when the whole family is together and you got the kids and they want to get to ride to ride to ride. It's a little bit more of a pick me up. And, and when you're in magic kingdom, you're hitting this place and that place, we will do that too. But it just, it really depends on your own personal preferences. And Epcot has grown on us over the course of times that we've been visiting. Um, I adore the like old forties or whatever it is, Hollywood vibe of Hollywood studios. And I'm not like a Hollywood, like kind of person. I'm pretty staunchly (laughs) impossibly Midwestern (laughs) in like every possible way. Um, Erica's laughing because she knows how true that is. Uh, incredibly Midwestern. And if you're listening to this and you're Midwestern, that's not a slam. You're Midwestern Mm -hmm. too. And you like that too. Yeah. But you go into Hollywood studios and the music. I listen to 40s Junction on Sirius Radio all the time <laughs> and imagine that I'm just sitting on Sunset Boulevard on a mm-hmm. bench, not writing rides, but just sitting, listening to the happiness taking place around me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that, that's, it's a whole atmosphere that I just really, really love. And I mean, I think about my husband, other than Epcot, he just loves being in Epcot. Like, <laughs> he'll go anywhere, he'll do any of it, and he's happy to do any of it. But everybody has a different experience. Yeah. And man, those Disney opinions, they are out there. Fierce. <laughs> they are yeah. very fierce. Yeah. Well, those are a few of the first-timer uh, Walt Disney World trip qu- questions that Erica gets that I have heard before. If you have more questions and you want to know more information about Erica, how you can connect to her, or if there's an episode that you would like us to do, a topic that you would like to discuss, we have the Pixie Dust Podcast. 
uh, group on Facebook. It's a page on Facebook that you can go like and message, and that comes directly to Erica and to me. And we love your feedback. We know that the Disney World community and the the feedback that is out there is very broad. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, unique perspectives that we like to share. But mostly, we just like to help people have a vacation of their dreams. Erica, anything else you want to add for first timers? Yeah, I mean, I I say this over and over again. I think we've we've beat it home. But even if you don't work with me, which I would absolutely love to work with everybody, even if you already have a trip book and have a question, I'm happy to talk to you. Uh, work with an agent. That's the first thing that I always say, because even if you have everything planned, you know exactly what you want to do, where you want to go. Just work with an agent just in case something happens. You know, a magic band doesn't work. A reservation needs to be changed. That way they can take care of it for you. Like I said, I would love to work with everybody, but I understand if there's somebody else that you know, biggest advice, work with an agent. Fantastic. Well, you can contact Erica at Erica at magic expeditions.com. That's Erica with a K because her mom wanted to be different. That's what And I can't ever find a mug with my name on it. <laughs> if you find an Erica <laughs> mug with a K on it, you know where to send it. Send it to the Pixie Does Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We look forward to talking to you in our next episode. We are going to break down Genie Plus. So please subscribe to the Pixie Dust Podcast. And thanks for being here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.